Good afternoon, this is Indisputable. I'm Sharon Reed in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie. Thank you so much for joining us. And once again, our guest host today is the Honorable, the Distinguished Mayor Mondale Robinson, Enfield, North Carolina, founder of the Black Male Voter Project. It's an honor to share the screen with you, Mayor, always. Good to be back, thank you for having me. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, we'll begin and let's get right to it, shall we, Mayor, in Memphis, because this is a story that has so many of you talking, so many of us outraged. Five Memphis police officers fired uh, in the death of Tyree Nichols. Memphis Police Department announcing that uh, they have fired five officers involved in the arrest of Tyree Nichols, 29 year old black man who died three days after the altercation. All of these officers gone. Those officers, Justin Smith, Emmett Martin III, Desmond Mills Jr., Demetrius Haley, and Tadarius Bean. Memphis police saying the officers violated multiple department policies, including excessive use of force, duty to intervene, and duty to render aid. The firings came after an employment investigation hearing which was the end of the Memphis Police Department's internal investigation into the officer's actions. Any criminal charges, which may or may not come as a result of what the Memphis Police Department described as confrontations between those officers and Nichols would be announced at a later time. Memphis Police Department stated Nichols was originally pulled over January 7th for reckless driving. Officers said Nichols ran leading to two confrontations between those officers and Nichols eventually his arrest in which those officers showed use of force. After those confrontations, Nichols complained of shortness of breath, was taken to a Memphis hospital. He died at that hospital three days later, that was January 10th. Tennessee Bureau of Investigation is currently investigating the use of force by those officers. Today, Family of Nichols is readying themselves for a day of emotion. They're expected to view police body cam footage of the confrontations with Memphis police that led to Nichols' death. The video will be publicly released afterward. That video shows the final few moments of what led up to this 29 year old young man's death in police custody. District 2 Councilman Frank Colvett Jr. in a phone interview with Fox 13 in Memphis said, I've been told it's disgusting, it's damaging, it's not good even slightly. What happened after Nichols was pulled over by the police is still shrouded in uncertainty. Police immediately saying only there were two confrontations between Nichols and police after he was pulled over. Body cam footage has been held tightly. Few having seen it, some like Colvett Jr. getting an account of what it shows. Colvett Jr. said the city government as well as law enforcement are prepared for any eventuality because of the video's public release. A couple things strike me here, Mayor. Internal review, use of force, confrontations, these are flowery words. We saw the picture of Mr. Nichols in the hospital who died three days after this confrontation or two. I wonder what your initial gut is telling you here. Yeah, I mean, 
there, there, are, there are a few things that's different in this case than in most cases of uh, you know police brutality against black folk. And then there are a couple things that are the same. The first thing is the hush, the quietness at which the city and the police department shows up in these situations. Um, that those things are similar. We're used to seeing the silence. What's missing is the the defense of the police officers from the police department and also um, the police union. Uh huh. <laughs> Who always screams that oh, we need to be safe, we need to you know take our time before we be rushed to judge. And then we also have to admit that all of these officers are black. But what people forget though is, this is why we say it's a problem to talk about individuals as bad apples. There's no individual bad apple problem with the police and the black people in this country. It is an institutional problem. Um, and while these flattering words are being used, and, and the police chief said in his statement that it's the job of the uh, Memphis police to protect and serve all people, that can't be the case when you have this many officers behaving in this manner. This is a culture um, that is that that needs to be exposed. And I, I'm super excited about the fact that the federal government is investigating how a traffic stop can lead to a brutal beating, beating, lynching. Lynching of a black man who who everybody in the community said was an avid skater and had a heart of a care bearer. So this idea that there were multiple incidents or or I think they said confrontations and it doesn't look bad implies that this this white councilman know that there's nothing they can say this man did that 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 you know can defend them and 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 the fact that they were fired so quick nobody was put on administrative leave let you know how disgusting this is and the video is probably going to spark outrage which is why he's talking about any eventualities the tragic situation though is this is this is the history of modern policing people will believe that we've always had police in this country we have not there were no police before 1790 something and those police were actually slave patrols. Slave patrols began in the Carolinas where I'm from and then they eventually became the first police departments right after the ending of, of, of the Civil War because North Carolina rewrote its constitution saying that slavery was outlawed of course because it had already been passed but also that there was no need for slave patrols and also they mandated the created of prisons. So we needed police. You know, Mayor, I could just let you talk for an hour because education, illumination is important in these cases. I want you to go on and on and on because there are so many people who don't know their history and who choose to stay ignorant of their history. Something else that strikes me is five police officers who, by the way, yes, I see their black faces too, and I'll acknowledge that, Mayor, but they're blue. You're right. They're blue, there's no such thing in policing, black this, that. Although black officers have complained for decades about the fraternal order of police and not backing them. That said, what strikes me in addition to everything you raise, Mayor, is the fact that they are fired first. And that's dangled out there for us, right? We're just supposed to just eat it up. It's so delicious, this, this barbecue, this firing and not arrested. And not arrested. They have the body cam footage, which they're right. Brace yourself is what the councilman meant. Brace yourself, Memphis, and perhaps other parts of the country. Brace yourself. Fired, not arrested, Mayor. Right, and the, and the tragic is if they if if you know it's disgusting and it it abused policies, which means you probably broke laws of someone's, you impeded on someone's constitutional rights, and this one the right to life. 
And I think that is absolutely exactly what they saw first. At first, they want to get ahead of the story as a PR stunt and say, we fired all of these people. None of them have been charged. And what they're waiting for probably is for some of this to die down so the charges cannot happen or be lessened. We're so used to this. The national media will move on quickly into the next incident. We know we got a couple of days probably if we're looking at history before it happens again. And the sad part about this is true justice probably won't happen in this country for Tyree and his family because like you said, they are blue. They're blue before they're black in this case. Tyree and his family, yet another family, slow singing, flower bringing and having to sit and watch. I cannot imagine as a mother sitting and watching my child's final violent, disgusting moments. And yet this family's gonna have to do it in order to try in his name, in his wonderful name. You're right, that's what we're hearing about this young man. And by the way, if he wasn't, I don't know that that would make a difference here. What difference does it make for you to be a judge, a jury and an executioner? But I would like if you could mayor to address something else. We haven't seen the body cam footage, so we don't know yet what it's going to show. It's described by these ex officers that he ran from them. Why might a black man run from the police mayor? Hmm. Well, for the, because of this very incident. This is what the outcome can be. Uh, running, standing still, him being black is a weapon, even to black officers. And they know that they can exploit, historically, they can exploit the idea that he's black. Oh, He ran, so that means we had to beat him, give chase, which is ridiculous because if he's running from you, he's not a threat to you. If he's not a threat to you, how is he laying in a hospital bed unrecognizable, looking like the 2023 version of Emmett Till? Okay, boy, you said something there. You said something there that another mother who said, you know what? You leave that casket open because I had to see it. The world needs to see it and we're all accountable. We all need to see it. Let's move on to Atlanta mayor, death of a local activist causing mayhem in the city I love. Atlantic's got problems too. After violence disrupted the otherwise peaceful protests over the death of a local activist, Atlanta Mayor Andre Dickens and the police chief, Darren Sherbaum. They made it very clear during a joint presser, they support and protect the First Amendment right to peacefully protest, but that there is no room for violence in the city too busy to hate. Demonstrators were demanding Investigation into the death of 26-year-old protester Manuel Esteban Paez-Terran killed by Georgia State Troopers during a sweep of Entrenchment Creek Park. That was on Wednesday. Officials said troopers don't have body-worn cameras recording encounters, just their dash cams. Additionally, seven people were arrested during the sweep charged with domestic terrorism charged with domestic terrorism. That area is the planned site for the Atlanta Public Safety Training Center. Investigators said Taron did not comply with commands by a joint task force and that he fired at a trooper first. That from Fox 5 in Atlanta. On Friday, the Georgia Bureau of Investigation released this picture of the gun the agency said they found on Taron. 
officials said ballistic investigators match that gun to the bullet that wounded the trooper. Tehran's mother, Belkis, spoke to CNN by phone from Panama Saturday night, expressing disbelief in law enforcement's recounting of the incident. They said he had a gun. If he had one, it was for protecting himself against the animals in the forest. That's what I understand. That from his mother. Activists associated with protesting the facility also disputed law enforcement's account, calling Tehran a forest defender working to fight environmental racism. They said he identified as non-binary, was a sweet, warm, very smart and caring person. Following a Friday memorial service, friends called Tehran Tortuguita. The chief said a crowd gathered for a peaceful protest at underground Atlanta. For about an hour, people dressed in black marched along Peachtree Street, downtown Atlanta. They demanded justice. However, when that group arrived at the intersection of Ellis Street and Peachtree Street, group inside that marching crowd decided to start committing illegal acts, including breaking windows and attacking police cruisers that were in the area. According to the chief, he went on to say some of those individuals were actors who have participated in other protests in the past. Mayor Dickens said some of them even carried explosives. Fox 5. Live when one of those vehicles suddenly bursts into flames. Individuals also seen on camera busting out the windows of another police car. Three businesses along Peachtree Street also had window damage, but no protesters or officers involved reported injuries. Now, the chief said within two blocks, the illegal activity stopped. Six individuals were arrested. And let's leave that right there. Naja. Gear, 24 of Nashville, Tennessee. Madeline Viola, 22 of Spokane, Washington. Ivan Ferguson, 22 of Nevada. Graham Avat, 20 of Decatur, Georgia. Francis Carroll, 22 of Kennebunkport, Maine. And Emily Murphy, age 37 of Gross Isle, Michigan. Each charged with four misdemeanors and four felonies. Mayor, if you could start with the picture and react to that, the arrestees. Yeah, I, I am. I am. I'm baffled that people are charged with domestic terrorism for protesting, but we can't get domestic terrorist charges for people running up in the Capitol on January the sixth. That part. Amazing how swift they are to put down protest and to hear an, a mayor who was an activist himself, Andre. Uh, come out and defend property over people because let's be let's be honest, all of that property can be replaced and will be replaced by insurance checks. Uh, this young man, this activist life will not be back. Um, and I, I think it's interesting that one, uh, his he's portrayed by everybody that knew him as a pacifist, mm. uh, one who was wouldn't hurt an animal. Let alone another human who slept in the woods for six months, protecting the woods from what was going to be environmentalist. Exactly, exactly. For six months, he slept out there with no incidents, and it wasn't until police officers started to sweep people out, but they wouldn't affect construction of Cop City. People that don't know what Cop City was is this 85-acre place they were building to have a training ground, so supposedly to lift the morale of police officers. Um, and I think these people were pushing back on the idea that we need more acreage dedicated to 
people who are committing murders, just like we saw of this, this activist, this young environmentalist. As it pertains to those who are arrested and where they were from, it's interesting to see that people all over this country are coming down to the South to, pro- to protest what looks like an abuse of one, uh, taxpayer dollars to build more policing when we got so much homeless problems in Atlanta and we're not spending $85 million or whatever, $90 million to build a facility for them uh, and to house people. But we still are spending more and more resources on a police department that has so many flaws. And I think now that we see that this was a state trooper, uh, immediately we hear that the governor has a comment about who's gonna investigate. So you have have the state troopers investigating themselves and they are the only people that said that they found a gun and we have no camera footage to prove them wrong, which means this story will go just that way. Wow, um, yeah, they're they're training for war. That's what they need this facility for, boost morale. Training for war, Mayor. Um, and I don't want to date myself, but as a little girl growing up in the Philadelphia area, I remember Mayor Good struggle. Black Mayor Philadelphia and Frank Rizzo, the powerful white police chief, and that's how we ended up with Move, which may not be charged, but that was murder. And I wonder if you could speak to the relationship between black mayors and police chiefs. Now, Atlanta's had police chiefs, diversity, but the relationship nonetheless, the push-pull, somewhat beholden, although I know Mayor Dickens would not appreciate that word, but speak to that. Yeah, I think I think this is this goes back to the idea that Democrats feel like they have to show up. And, and abide by Republican talking points. You hear Democrats, even Joe Biden, uh, all the way down to the local level. You hear politicians talking about tough on crime or not in my city, or we need to support police officers at all costs. When we know that is that is a, to say that is to discount what black people are living through as it pertains to the torture and terror that police officers enact on our communities, black and brown people in this case. And I think uh, Andre finds himself in, a, in an interesting position where he has to make a choice where he's gonna remain the activist at heart or he's gonna become the politician that defends property and people and status quo behavior, which is taking the side of police officers in the the face of what seems like a murder where we don't have, like I said, we don't have footage to say that the officers are wrong because they weren't wearing their body cameras. Is it finally done, Mayor? And I'll leave you with this quickly as we're about to go to break where people are just supposed to accept what the police version is. I mean, I fought that from the inside as a journalist for decades when I was handed a slip of paper with the police account and I was told to spit it out and I refuse. It's gotta be qualified, doesn't it? I think you're absolutely right. And I think for, for, for and when you say people are no longer, I think this younger generation because it's probably the blackest and brownest generation we've ever had, Z and also millennials, 42% something other than white. People are not sitting idle like our grandparents. We are not a small portion of the population that's willing to be killed by this force, talking about police institutions, and not say anything about it. There's something completely wrong with how we police black and brown bodies in this country, and people are absolutely fed up with it. Now listen to young people, the browning of America. It's a beautiful thing. It does make Karen uncomfortable though, Mayor, and she's up next. We're right back, much more indisputable when we come right back. Welcome back.
back to Indisputable. I'm Sharon Reed in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie, who has the day off and joining us once again. Mayor, I feel smarter when I'm on with you. Mayor Mondale Robinson, Enfield, North Carolina. <laughs> you see the sweatshirt, Black Male Voter Project founder. We appreciate you always. A little housekeeping. Boy, the numbers are growing. They're growing um, leaps and bounds on YouTube. TYT, spin the wheel. Went up to $100 in prizes when you sign up today as an annual member at tyt.com slash spin. When you join as an annual member, you'll get to spin the wheel to win awesome prizes like the Canvas 2024 T, $100 gift card, blue apron, and so much more. Plus, you get to be part of a community, all right? Check it out. Sign up at tyt.com slash spin or just scan that QR code to get started. It's good to be part of something that is worthwhile, right? And that's what we're doing here. Let's get you some comments now, viewer comments, TYT member Lynn. I can't imagine being a family member and watching that video should never have to happen. Lynn talking about the five Memphis police officers now fired, not charged, not yet. Fired in the death of Tyree Nichols, the family getting to watch their loved one's final moments. The body cam footage should be released today. Uh, the death of a local activist, which caused some unrest in Atlanta. Also, uh, five members of the police officers in Memphis terminated. Let's get you a comment there from YouTube, Sarah AP. Interesting, they don't seem to have a hard time firing. When the officers are black, well, you made that point, didn't you, Mayor? Where's the FOP who stands up for everybody, okay? Everybody. Soul Life says, TBH, if five black cops were fired for what they did to one black man, it must be bad. Yeah, this must be really, really bad. We'll get you one more. The death of the local activist. Let's get you that, that unrest in Atlanta. Spectraphonic says, why is there a state that doesn't require body cams? Well, they're not universal, right, Mayor? Not universal state troopers in that case who ran into the forest apparently and said that he refused to comply. They weren't wearing them, just dash cam. What's dash cam gonna do when you're on foot and you're armed, right? What's that gonna do? We'll move on. But we'll keep following those stories right here on Indisputable because I know everybody has a stake in them. I wish you Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a in Sunday? You feel free. Back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Hey, what is your problem, dude? Hey, come here. Why are you taking pictures of my property? Huh? Tom, stay over there. Quit harassing. Stop. Stop, Tom. All right? Last warning, brother. Call the cops. You're a punk. You're a coward marine. What else? You're a what else? And a coward marine. Man, get off the dope. Get off the dope right now. What? You over here bothering me. What do you got to say? I'm a pedophile. Oh, dude. Excuse me? Say it again there, crazy. You're the biggest in town. Oh, <laughs> get over there, boy, right now. Go. You're done, Tom. You're history. 
steady diet coming outside of your home, looking for trouble. Looking for trouble, this unhinged male Karen harassing his black neighbor who's recording. Unhinged male Karen over chalk drawings on a sidewalk. Tom still not done and refusing to go in the house and mind your business. Go, go, go. Who the are you? I'm an American citizen. Get over your property right now, man, because you're acting stupid right now. You're disturbing the peace on public property. Get over there right now, crazy. Talk about crazy. Take your meds. Go away, Tom. That's a very nice effigy you have on the ground. Go away, Tom. Hey, you guys need to leave the neighborhood soon. You serve no purpose here. Who drew that? Who drew that? Tom, go away. Do yourself a big favor and go hound someone else. Don't hound me. Don't harass me. I'm done with you. I'm done with you, crazy. The only reason you hate me is because you wanted to kick out of Alejandro down the corner. And I Dude, told you, you were wrong. Forget about it, man. Yeah, You're done. Forget about it. All right, what what had Tom coming out of the house so concerned that he needed to do a full on investigation, including with equipment, taking photographs, documenting things for some purpose, some greater good. Why? Well, the the chalk <laughs> drawings, right? He, he seemed to refer to one of them mayor as an effigy, um, perhaps. I don't know what's in the code mayor and you would know better than I because you lead up a city. But he was so concerned with this mayor that this was a one man investigation. And I need your assessment of what you think the purpose was. What is he up to besides I wish some of these people would just come out and say, give me your papers, show me your papers. Yeah, I mean, he's not looking for papers. He's reminding this black Marine, which which he called them a coward Marine that you're not you're not equal to me. I'm white. I have the right to be in your property taking pictures of whatever your kids or whoever drew with chalk on your sidewalk on your driveway. <clears throat> I am white privilege and I'm bothered by it. Therefore, I'm going to check this. We're one we're not even a month into January, I mean 2023 and we've seen four or five of these cases already. A sister with a Asian sister with a BLM sticker saw a white man come up to her house open her knock on her door and tell her get that get that car out of our neighborhood this is this is a continuation of uh black codes if you think about it i mean of course tom does not own the presence to lock someone up but i mean you're still encroaching on this man's life you're in his driveway telling him what can and can't be what's acceptable to be on his driveway um i think i think what we're seeing here is tom elevating himself to the role of white supremacist mm-hmm. uh and yeah. and and people and people may say that you know Everything can't be about racism. Well, this thing can be. I mean, what what else, what else would, would describe? Can we describe? Or how else can we describe it when you call that man the N word twice? <laughs> no other reason than him asking you to leave his property and asking you why you're taking pictures of chalk drawings. You're not the art teacher for his kids. I'm assuming you're not. You're not the code enforcer of the community. Not dressed like that. You're not. So I'm trying to figure out why you feel comfortable enough to come over to your neighbor's yard after they ask you to leave, stay there, and continue to take pictures, and then also race launch racial epithets at them. 
One thing yeah. makes you do that, racism, period. That's right, America's made him comfortable. America has made him comfortable and I support this Marine. You know, I don't have to just sit in the house and take it. You're bringing down my property value. You're making me feel threatened in my community. That's what Tom is doing. And Tom has company, Tom has too many friends. Let's give you a double dose. You wanna call the police on him for having a barbecue on a Sunday. What? You need to leave. Or what? The cops are on their way right now. What that's gonna do to me? I don't care. You need to leave. You called because I didn't leave my bag at the front. I went and bought something. Exactly. And why are you hiding from a camera if you, you just called the police? You need to leave. Shut up. I'll wait for the police to come. If you don't put that camera down, I will mace you. What that's gonna do? Besides, get your ass beat for assaulting me. I'm not assaulting you. Yeah. You're refusing to leave. You own camera in a store. Go ahead and try to mace me. I'm gonna hop over this counter and beat the brakes off you. Go ahead and try me. You need to leave. You just call the police on me. You talking about you gonna mace me because I'm recording you? Cause you over here threatening me? You threatening me. This is the second time. What does that have to do with anything? You just call the police. Leave. Go ahead and do it. You gonna wish you didn't. You want me to do it. I promise you. I promise you. Man, you need to step back. I'm about to mace him. Man, you gonna get the out of you. How am I gonna get the I walked to the back and bought and picked this up. You talking about I had to put my leave my bag when I was already it's back there. He called the police because I did what? Around my store, sitting there saying that you need to leave. Says because I'm from. black. I didn't say anything. You about just told the police I was black because they asked. I only you can hear that side. If you call nine one one, they're gonna ask. Why are you hiding from the camera if you call nine one one? I'm not hiding from the camera. Why are you threatening to mace me? Because you will not leave, and I've asked you. You just called the police. Isn't that their job? You called the police to get me out of here, right? So let them do their job. Go ahead and mace me. I will because I better do it. Tell me I can't do it. This is ridiculous, Mayor. I'm glad that it didn't escalate into him actually. If you pull a weapon, you should be prepared to use it. This this Karen was not. This Karen was not, okay, but already weaponized the telephone and 911. Yeah, I mean, the, the idea that this person was at the back of the store purchasing something and you told them they have to leave that bag up front. So when the person came back to purchase something, it's it's at this point. Why are you calling that? Why why is the police involved in this? Mm -hmm. I, this, this? We know how white people have weaponized nine one one, and it leads to black people being killed. I.e., what just happened in Memphis. I think I think the tragic of all of this is first of all, this person said it's their store. Are they the owner or their employee? Probably an employee that's taken on some superhero uh, attitude. Plus, what store allows their cashiers or any workers to come to work with weapons? You're having, a, um, having mace at work is a weapon. Why are you allowing your employees to be armed? Um, and I bet you it has something to do with the community that they're in. This is not happening in that communities part. that are majority white, where people, I see people walking in stores all the time with bags and no one is telling them, hey, put your bag down. And when you don't put your bag down, I'm calling 911, really? Really, what's the crime? Like, and I think what happened was the gentleman that was talking, that was recording, didn't understand the law, but he he, he proved a great point when he said, "This is a public store. Um, why would I leave? Um, if 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 you call the cops, it must be a crime." And then the person said, "It's not been a crime." So he said to them, "Why did you call the cops then? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If it's not a crime, why did you call the cops?" And I think that the idea that these most likely they're gonna see a black man, they're gonna run in there, hands on their weapons, and this situation can easily escalate. That is a tragic situation, mm -hmm. and that person will not be working for my company. No, those people are a liability. They're dangerous. The only dangerous person there was Karen and the. 
the shirt. The shirt was ugly too, Mayor, okay? That's the only crime I saw was Karen and the choice of his attire. And no, you wouldn't be working for me either, okay? Cuz I'm in business to make money and I don't need your disrespect, okay? I don't need your disrespect. I don't know what more we can do. And by the way, Mayor, if had it been reversed and the gentleman recording would have been the one who called police, they still would have rushed in. Great, great potential rushed in and tackled the black man. These Karens are out of control, okay? Much more indisputable with the honorable, the distinguished Mayor Mondale Robinson Enfield, North Carolina, who we love when we come right back. Welcome back to Indisputable. I'm Sharon Reed in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie, the Honorable Mayor Mondale Robinson Enfield. North Carolina is with us once again. John Old School, you ready to show your love and support for John Adarola? You better be. Tonight we're celebrating the 11th year anniversary of our beloved TDR host on Old School. Make sure to tune in at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Additionally, we're launching a fun new TDR collection exclusively at ShopTYT. Members will get first dibs and exclusive access during tonight's old school episode. So you don't want to miss your chance to snag one starting at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Support the damage report. Join the Dragon Squad with our new merch. See you tonight on TYT.com slash live. More fewer comments, that was a double dose, Karen, previous block. TYT member Lynn, about the unhinged male Karen harassing his black neighbor over chalk drawings. Chalk drawings, yes. Lynn says, I love that the cat is also yelling at the chalk drawing, Karen. The kitty had enough too, the kitty. Had enough, Lynn, you're absolutely right. We sold as well. YouTube, Shade Dragon says about the same unhinged male Karen in the neighborhood. I'm running away, but you're the coward. Yes, the Marine's the coward. That's what this male Karen had to say. <laughs> Riel and N says racism in the front party in the back. Pretty much. And also we have more on this. You guys like this unhinged male Karen. You like comments in any way. You're upsetting the kitty, Tom. F off, why don't you? I just read it, metal kitty mom. All right, so we'll move on now because this story is one that you gotta wrap your mind around because it is a well, it's epic, okay? And we were just talking in the break, and I'm not sure you know Tyler Perry has some of these crazy plot lines. Don't ever criticize him again. What we're talking about here is Diamond of Diamond and Silk had a MAGA dumpster fire funeral. When we tell you it was epic, folks, buckle up and listen to this. I don't think Trump, that was her boyfriend, okay? Did you know that? That was her boyfriend. And then her little sidekick, Silk said, I think y'all call it sidekick, sidekick, side piece, whatever, Mike Lindell. 
Jesus. And she is saying, Jesus, please make sure that Donald J. Trump is the next president of the United States of America. Somebody And you know, the world has lost one of its brightest stars, real star, but I see that uh, we have another star who is equal to, but she stepped up and she is different. I'm, I'm serious. I thought I knew them both. I didn't. I knew, I knew Diamond, but I didn't know Silk at all. I just learned about Silk. This happened and it wasn't a comedy produced, again, by Tyler Perry, hugely successful. Not the Wayans brothers. This, somebody put this together, folks. Okay, and you heard the reference there. Donald Trump, the boyfriend, the pillow guy, the side piece. Is this the home going that she wanted? According to those in attendance, the statement made by Trump was taken out of context. Here we go again with this one. GOP leader was complimenting Silk's eulogy, which was filled with idioms, buzzwords, echoes of his own political jargon. Trump said he was surprised because Silk Richardson has always appeared to be the quieter sister. I thought you were the quiet one, Trump said. I said, Silk is really smart, but she's very quiet. She's not quiet. So what you're saying, Donald Trump, is you didn't really even prepare any remarks for this, did you? You just did once again, see to your pants nonsense. Okay, perhaps she outlined this homegoing service, we don't know. Diamond and Silk were sisters, they joined the Trump campaign in 2016, where they were paid, you ready for this? Okay, this is what they were paid for all of this, $1,274.94. What did they get that money for? Field consulting. After speaking at a North Carolina rally ahead of the election, the Trump campaign FEC expenditures cited, the women were welcomed to the White House, where Trump embraced them both. Boyfriend, okay. Silk explains how Diamond passed away. Her sister Rochelle Silk Richardson said she was shocked after her sister's death at their North Carolina home. They had just returned home from a brother's birthday party and were discussing ideas for an upcoming project and their current show. Richardson said she left the room for a few minutes and returned to her sister looking strange. That from Atlanta Black Star. Lynette Diamond Hardaway ended a phone conversation with their younger sister and told her older sister Richardson she couldn't breathe. I got her to the kitchen table, I opened the back door so she could get some air, Richardson recalled. And each breath was less and less and less until her eyes became a stare. Richardson and her husband performed CPR until the instruction under rather the instruction of a 911 dispatcher, but they could not revive Hardaway and neither could the emergency personnel who arrived at their home. Richardson somehow tied the death into politics, immediately segueing into claims that the pair were conspiracy theorists. Don't you dare call me a conspiracy theorist because I saw it happen. I saw how it happened. I was there when it happened and it happened suddenly. Richardson referring back to an earlier part in her speech where she said more attention needs to be drawn to sudden adult death syndrome. I want America to wake up and pay attention. Something ain't right. 
Time to investigate what's really going on here and get some answers to why are people falling dead suddenly, she added. There was also public speculation that Hardaway died because of COVID-19 complications, which her sister has vehemently denied. During the speech, Richardson said her sister's spirit told her to say she was an anti-vaxxer, but was was not rather an anti-vaxxer, but was anti-mandates. There's a difference. She also channeled through her a message about the 2020 election being stolen and pointless mask mandates. She channeled a lot, Mayor. She channeled a lot. Your reaction? Yeah, I mean, why? Why is your spirit saying the same dumb stuff your sister said when she was alive? I mean, your sister's spirit. Let's be honest. Uh, the, the, the contradictions in this speech were blaring. First of all, how many people died by listening to these people when they were on Fox News and they had their show on, on uh, the Pillow Guys News Network telling people not to get vaccinated. But apparently she died from, her sister said she died because of she got the vaccine. Thought she wasn't vaccinated, thought she wasn't vaccinated. Now all of a sudden she's not anti-vaccination, now she's anti-mandate. The idea that people are listening to these people and taking this as political fodder is unbelievable to me. Furthermore, furthermore, the shenanigans at this funeral was disgusting. From Trump, from some, from someone, some white woman referring to a black woman as the mistress of two white men, both who are married, is absolutely disgusting. Know your history. Them being in Fayetteville, North Carolina, where one of the largest plantations in North Carolina, where undoubtedly raping of black women was sport for white men, not even 200 years ago. The, the shenanigans that took place at this funeral was absolutely disgusting. Even if this is what her sister, if this is what Diamond wanted, this was nothing but a bag of coal. There was nothing shining about this. So Donald Trump's idea that we lost a star is absolutely incorrect. There was not a star loss, there was a life loss, but that life probably was lost due to complications of a vaccine. Oh, I'm sorry, of a of a sickness that they spread so many lies about. So much so that Fox News, ooh, Fox News kicked them off TV, and we know ain't no what? ain't no truth over there. So this funeral was disgusting for so many reasons. And then of course, them charging people to come in. You had to pay to get in this funeral. And then Donald Trump spent an hour plus talking about himself and his presidential election for his third term or third time running for president. Seems to be par for the course where he, he maybe it was a Floridian slip when he said he didn't know Silk. But I can tell you something that's not a slip. He does not care about Diamond or Silk. This is that all part. And Donald J. Trump's legacy, period. That part, that part, Mayor, because at funerals, a lot of time people done fell out. You know, they're, they're overcome with grief. The spirit moves them, they done fell out. In this case, who done threw up, okay? This was absolutely disgusting, okay? And I'm just so curious because I've heard that when you're at death's door, the nonsense stops. There must be one moment of clarity, Mayor. Just one here. The women were paid $1,274 and I believe 94 cents to go on this platform after platform. And I there's a word for it, I won't use it. But they sold out 
sold their souls for $1,274.94. Why did they do it? Because it wasn't for the money. Do you know these people? Why did they do it? Yeah, I mean, listen, this is there's this syndrome, Stockholm syndrome is what they call it. And then it's also those, you know, house Negroes is what we refer to it as. Those who were so close to whiteness, they would be willing to snitch or tell about a rebellion that was gonna happen or groups of slaves running away, right? This is no difference than that. They, they fall into that category. Um, so I, I, the tragic part about this is you have a black preacher taking one of the oldest and most successful black institutions in this country, start this funeral out talking about this woman who had just passed is at the pearly gates talking to Jesus about Donald Trump's reelection. The idea that you, as a preacher, you cannot believe that her, her concerns when she got to heaven was Donald Trump's being reelected. So you're up there lying in the name of black church. You're making a mockery. And it's also the reason why the black church has less grasp on our community and more and less influence than it ever has. It's because preachers that show up like this. This is absolutely disgusting to a legacy of a person who W. Du Bois said in 1913 when he wrote The Souls of Black Folk that the black preacher was a mystic, a political leader, a, a an influencer, everything to our community. And yet and still we have this guy who's Tap dancing, we'll say that and something else instead of calling something else. Tap dancing for these white folk trying to become Donald Trump's black minister, which is a part. Part. I hate I hate the term, but you're right when you uttered it about a minute ago, Mayor, that you care so much about validation and acceptance from this tragic white figure. It's very tragic. Very is. Um, Donald Trump does have supporters. Donald Trump has friends, high and low, we'll call it. Donald Trump, tight-lipped, he's been. About a picture that surfaced, this one right there. He's in the center there, he posed for this picture earlier this month with former Philadelphia mobster, the mob boss, Joey Skinny, Joey Merlino, okay? He's on the right, he's out, he's smiling. Unidentified friends on the left. Merlino at Trump International Golf Club, West Palm Beach. How does a freed mobster get in next to a former president? That's the question he's not answering. Does Trump know Merlino or even who he was, is, was? Well, as the Philadelphia Inquirer reported, the Trump campaign won't say, that's odd. Trump's spokesperson told the Enquirer, President Trump takes countless photos with people. That does not mean he knows every single person he comes in contact with, said the spokesperson. After the Enquirer shared a copy of the photo with his campaign, the spokesperson did not respond when asked if Trump knew Merlino or his background. Photo obtained by the Enquirer likely to renew concerns among Trump loyalists eager to help him retake the White House next year, that he still lacks the sort of protective political infrastructure that would prevent a candidate for president from taking a picture with a convicted mobster whose last stint in federal prison ended well, not long ago, mid 2020. So there's that. Trump sparked outrage when he dined November 22nd at Marlago. The Palm Beach Private Club resident 
Nick Fuentes, white nationalist, who had shown up with Yay, the rapper formerly known as Kanye West, who was under fire then for a series of anti-Semitic remarks. There was a time, remember, Kanye, well, that's all that came out of his mouth, anti-Semitism, right? And that's who Trump was dining with. Fallout prompted the Trump campaign to enact new protocols for vetting and approving people he met with. Those protocols were not apparently followed at Trump's golf course this month. New protocols? But if you're the one they're meeting with and you, okay. Anyway, the new protocols were supposed to prevent Donald Trump from meeting with uh, with criminals. Merlino did not respond to requests for comment. But Merlino has made clear in the past he admires Trump. It's unclear if Trump feels the same. Trump and Merlino were well known. And on the rise in the Philadelphia region in the 90s for very different reasons. Trump promoting New York real estate developer with a growing collection of casinos, Atlantic City. Didn't they fail? That was in the 90s. Merlino was a leader of a violent crew on his way up to being boss of an organized crime operation active in Philadelphia and Atlantic City. Merlino was convicted in 2001 in a racketeering case. He served a decade in prison. He had claimed more recently to have left that life behind, moving to Boca, <laughs> working as a maitre d' at an Italian restaurant named after him. Hmm. Restaurant closed after Merlino's most recent run in with the feds, which led to a two year sentence. That was in October 2018. He pleaded guilty to a gambling related charge. Merlino. After being sentenced, echoed comments from Trump at the time that were critical of witnesses who cooperate with federal investigators. President Trump is right. They've got to outlaw the flippers, said Merlino, who was released from prison in July 2020. Trump, in August 2018, said the practice of prosecutors flipping people accused of crimes into witnesses who testify against others almost ought to be illegal. After his former lawyer, Michael Cohen, remember him? pleaded guilty to a campaign finance crime, paying women to keep quiet about affairs they had with Trump and implicated his former client. Mayor, the protocols aren't working here as Donald Trump tries to reclaim the White House. He believes it's his personal house, not the people's house. The campaign put Things into place to keep Donald Trump away from criminal entities and people who were racist up to no good. It's not working, Mayor. Sure it is. I mean, Donald Trump can't be kept away from criminal activity and racketeering <laughs> because he's one of them. So unless your protocol is gonna exclude Donald Trump from talking to himself or looking in the mirror, That's it's gonna right. fail epically. Also, we will never hear Donald Trump's cafe say anything about this picture negative because Donald Trump lives his life as if he's a mobster himself. Mm -hmm. So I think the Philadelphia Inquirer asked the wrong question or said the wrong statement when they said in the 90s, both of these gentlemen were on the rise in that area for two different reasons. No, they weren't. It, violence is more than physical abuse of people. 
right? Violence is also what you do to people, how you show up. Donald Trump was a violent person. He didn't pay his, he wouldn't pay contractors. He would keep suing them over and over to the point where they had no more money and people wouldn't get paid for doing work for him. Small companies never got paid from Donald Trump in in New Jersey, in Atlantic City that did work on these casinos. Workers didn't get paid, they didn't have a livable wage. That too is a form of violence. So Donald Trump was out there committing the same crimes or different crimes, but just like this. And I think we would be naive to believe that Donald Trump don't know who was and him operating in Atlantic City. Donald Trump wanted to be a mobster his entire life. Who 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 screams for loyalty about mm. everything? He's fighting with the church on the right right now. The evangelicals because they have not endorsed him already. He called them disloyal. So Donald Trump will never have a problem with this picture. He probably has his own copy, probably stuck in some boxes with some more classified documents. So I, I think the inquiry got it wrong when they said these two people were on the rise for different reasons. Donald Trump protocols will never work because he himself is a racketeer. He himself is criminal enterprise as we are seeing by all of these cases that are happening against him right now. Yeah, and, and both have thumbed their noses in the past at the feds. Okay, and by the way, Mayor, I don't know if I need to correct you, but he said he just had the envelopes, and you had mentioned something about you know more boxes of classified. He Donald Trump maintains, and you can decide if you believe him or not, that he only had the envelopes because he thought that was neat. That's pretty cool keepsake. Yeah, I, I, unfortunately for him, the the account, the number, the pages have counted. They've been counted, and it's thousands and thousands of pages. Those are not envelopes of documents that he had that he didn't that didn't belong to him. That belonged to the American people and should have been in the National Archive. So Donald Trump continued with his lies, and this picture I bet was intended to be exactly what it was a a, a one off for one of his friends. Sure. And perhaps, uh, you know, Donald Trump has loose and dirty. He's played with advisors. He adds and takes away from his team. He's not interested in the establishment. And so, given the way that he enjoys doing business over the course of his lifetime, wouldn't Joey, skinny Joey Merlino, be, be right in on time as an advisor to the ex president? Perfect. This he's probably running his criminal defense fund or criminal defense advisor because they both want to get rid of the flippers. I mean, this is unbelievable that one, this gentleman can say this, this mobster can say this and then be able to quote a president, a past president, for believing the same thing as it pertains to how we set up defense trials in this country to get rid of you know illegal activity. I think it's unbelievable that they both are you know in this picture one giving thumbs up uh, to the idea that we're laughing about Trump maybe using Skinny Joey as his mm-hmm. advisor in some sort cannot be far fetched because no. of what Trump is capable of. Mm-hmm. The pillow guys in the inner circle, Rudy had all that what was that stuff that was running down his temple, all that black slimy stuff was that a temporary hair dye. He was an advisor. Okay, so I think you're right. I think you're right here, and we may see Skinny Joey Merlino, who I've been familiar with growing up where I grew up, not just from the news, Mayor. Okay, we may see him testify. Maybe Trump will introduce something about you can't flip, and Joey Merlino will testify. A much more indisputable to come. I'm Sharon Reed in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie. We're right back. Welcome back to Indisputable, Sharon Reed in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie, the wonderful, honorable, 
The incredible mayor of Enfield, North Carolina, Mayor Mondale Robinson, also the founder of the Black Male Voter Project joins us. Let's get some comments, Mayor. Uh, TYT member uh, Democracy for Sale says about Diamond of Diamond Silk and that dumpster fire funeral. That's just what it's called, folks. That's just what it's called. Uh, Democracy for Sale says, not gonna lie, Floridian slip was pretty funny, ha ha. Cray Cray Souffle says, it wouldn't surprise me that Diamond's final resting place is going to be under one of the sand traps of one of Trump's golf courses, right? Now, Ivana Trump is buried, right? On the golf course and Ivana, was that in her plan? Okay, give them what they want. Uh, next TYT reporter just may be, okay, uh, Laundry for Oregon, if it wasn't COVID, just released the real reason. So there's not adult sudden death syndrome, Silk. I just don't believe it is, we'll see. Uh, Trump being tight-lipped about the picture of him and the mobster. Mickey C the silver haired dragon says Trump has tried for his entire life to act like a mob boss just as once he met Putin. He also tried to play an authoritarian dictator. He's wanted those but always fails miserably because he doesn't have, really? She says he doesn't have the cojones to actually act on it. Mickey, I think you're right. He's playing the part, okay? But he's really inside a very insecure man, okay? Insecure man. YouTube, Diamond of Diamond and Silk had that dumpster fire funeral. Rose Rose, that funeral was an entire clown car. The circus, it was a circus. And one more for you, Trump being tight-lipped about the picture of he and skinny Joey Merlino. Patricia Wright says, these are the type of people Trump should hang out with. Well, the mayor made the point. These, they've got a lot in common, birds of a feather, you know the rest. It is what it is. We thank you for your comments, we appreciate it. Always part of a community. GOP women's group honoring one of the killers of Breonna Taylor. Yes, this really happened. This is what they got dressed up for. This is why they came together. Republican Women's Club of South Central Kentucky held a dinner event at Anna's Greek restaurant in Bowling Green for Jonathan Mattenly. Do you know that name? Mattenly, a former sergeant with the Louisville Metro Police Department, who was among the officers who conducted that botched no-knock raid at Breonna Taylor's Louisville apartment in search of her ex-boyfriend. Remember, they lied to get the warrant anyway, okay? The event was moved to Anna's after it was scheduled to be held at Bowling Green Country Club, which had declined to host it upon being made aware of the guest speaker. It was also going to feature an appearance by Kentucky Agriculture Commissioner Ryan Quarles. But the candidate backed out due to what his office described as the controversial nature of another speaker at this event. And his Greek restaurant did not immediately respond to the post's email or voicemail requesting comment Saturday morning. Before the event, the group said in a statement to Spectrum News in Louisville this week, it had invited Mattenly to speak at its event to obtain a firsthand account of what happened the night Taylor was killed. Say so what now? These events may be controversial. However, we believe Sergeant Mattingly has the right to share his experience 
The group said in a statement to Spectrum, other individuals with firsthand experience relating to this case are welcome to request an opportunity to speak to our organization as well. So Breonna Taylor's boyfriend can come too. He can, he can give his firsthand account because he, he was there and they said firsthand account of what occurred at the dinner. Casey Johnson, Bowling Green resident who was dining at Anna's on Tuesday, told the Washington Post after Manning Lee was introduced with raucous applause from the event's attendees, one floor above them, former sergeant played a presentation featuring footage and images of the night Taylor was killed. You know, a woman died here, a good, decent American woman whose mother misses her today died, right? Images, the night Taylor was killed, that's what was played at this dinner. After the lights were dimmed in the restaurant, diners who were not affiliated with the event could hear and see the graphic descriptions of Taylor's killing. Mattingly talked about this. Did not immediately respond to the post's request for comment Saturday morning, but he wrote on Facebook that he enjoyed his time at the event, quoting, food was amazing, staff was even better. After a patron at the restaurant replied to his post by thanking him for ruining my family's and everyone else's dinner. Mattingly offered to pay for her family's dinner and said he meant no harm in his presentation. That was not the intent, no, the only harm. Apparently was meant to Brianna Taylor and her legacy and her family mayor. I don't understand, this is not about ideology. This is not about whether you back the blue. Are you a human or are you some other thing? Yeah, I mean, we're obligated to be, I'm always going back to the historical standpoints because nothing happens in silo. These are not incidents that just went off. For a restaurant to give, to give access to their entire speaker system to a presentation about the murdering of a black person, we are obligated to think about the days when white people would dress up in their Sunday best and take their kids to hangings of black bodies throughout this country. There's your history. This country. And they wouldn't just leave after it was over. They would take body parts with them as memorabilia. We are sitting in a space that we're acknowledging or ignoring the fact that this is not new history. This is as old as American and as apple pie and baseball. This long, this long suffering of black people and black and white Americans high tolerance for this pain. The idea that this women's group, women's group of Republicans, women, women group invited this officer who killed a nurse, a black nurse while she was sleeping to speak and said he deserves a right to tell his point. He, he deserves to be in prison where he's not. The fact that the police department let him retire a year after he murdered Breonna Taylor and then and then he's still been he's been celebrated by a certain population is absolutely disgusting, but it's also par for the course as it pertains to Americans' tolerance for black pain. It's disgusting. How it is sick. It is an illness. America is sick, terminally ill with this kind of human filth. That's what you're doing here. 
It's human fill. And Mayor, my question to you is, how do we coexist when we are not viewed as people? Brianna Taylor's mother is suffering and has indicated what I truly believe she will never get over the killing of her daughter. How do you coexist with other mothers who put together a dinner like this? Invite one of the people who perpetrated this killing and celebrate him. Yeah, I think this is a this is a great example for us to take a step back and remind white Americans who are our allies that it's not our fault, it's not our problem to deal with their cousins who who show up in the world this way. It is not the problem of black parents who lose their kids to white supremacy, to police departments who act in this manner. It is the it is the job of our white allies to stand up against their behaviors of their cousins and their, and their friends who look like them. This is a problem that is as American as apple pie. Again, if you sit silent while black people are maimed or the celebration of the maiming and murdering of black people, then you too have a role in it. So everyone that cares about humanity must stand up against behavior as we've seen in Kentucky over the past weekend. Disgusting is a small word, something else is what I would like to use, but I like this. Continue these invitations on your show. Well, I couldn't have said it better, Mayor. Uh, we're going to move on to the next story. But you and I talked a little bit offline. This is about money, too. Man, we already know people who behave this way, lack dignity, integrity, morality. In many cases, it's about money. Go get that money. No matter how you get it, all money's not good money, but to some people it is. Uh, let's give you this story. It's about Sundance, a very celebrated event every year. A Sundance official tries to block a black journalist, black journalist attempting to conduct an approved interview. Boy, this one speaks to me. This one speaks to me because it goes on all the time. Approved interview with actor Jonathan Majors, blocked by a Sundance official. Hmm. So, I was just about to, yeah, we're already. There's no more time. I would have already had the answer, I'm being honest. If, yeah, if I could, yeah. Okay, Proceed. great. If he physically pulls me. Perfect. If he could get out of frame, possibly. Yeah. Keeping you from doing good work is so important. Because you don't belong here and you don't know how the rules work and there's not that many of you here. So I have to educate you. That's exactly what was going on here. Derek Cunningham, the journalist involved said online, I've worked at the LA Times and Spotify written for Washington Post, Business Insider, Vox, featured on BBC Radio and NPR, hold a masters in sports and entertainment journalism from USC. Do you know how special that is? I don't care if it was a citizen journalist, but do you know how special that resume is? I'm black and queer, so these things don't matter when I'm in the field, sadly. Because you don't belong here, and I'm gonna show you how you don't belong. That's what was going on. 
Connie Nam posted a thread about the incident for context, and you see it here. Shout out to his publicist for stepping in too. Hi, um, came back to see this spread. Some think I was in the wrong somehow. I was not. We were already told there was a time crunch and a limit of two questions. Perfect. Time got tighter, so one question. Cool. I began asking my question, and this happened. I followed what I was told. She's. This is very simple stuff. Why did you do this? Why are you disrupting this interview, Mayor? I'll get you to weigh in right there. I mean, he's disrupting his interview because it's again, this is the nature of not just Hollywood, also Sundance. Sundance actually, their executive director put out a statement on their website a couple years back about the racism that black people were telling them. People that were a part of the Sundance community saying they would experience this level of racism, not just journalists, but people that were there to see movies, critics, and all of this was saying that they were having a hard time being black in that space. This is a continuation of that attitude. This person felt the need to interrupt. Uh, uh, this interview, and like the, like like the journalist said, I could have had the answer already to my question. You had you. There's never a reason where you think you you need to be that abrupt unless you feel like this is not dignified. <laughs> Whatever's happening, whatever this is, shouldn't be happening, and I can stop it because I'm white and you're not. What was beautiful though, if you look at the actor, he saw it coming even before it started, and mm-hmm. he's not gonna give up on at all. And he said. He, he's not gonna physically move us. And if he tries, then he just giggles because he knows that's not what it is. So I, I, it is. I think when, 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 when black people stick up for other black people, especially in a, when, when people being interviewed, meaning people of prestige are talking to journalists, you, it, it, you are obligated to ensure that that journalist is safe. And to be black and queer for that person to be in that space and to be ostracized in this way is a constant reminder that the, the not that the world see us with. And I think, um, thank God that he had a journalist that understand or a press secretary or whoever that understands that this is important. Uh, like you said, the resume itself, but also because it's a black and queer person asking me a question and they don't look like most of the people asking me questions in this space. So I applaud the actor and his team for standing there. I didn't look like that either on a red carpet all those years ago. And Quincy Jones did the same thing for me. Standing next to a beautiful emerging artist, Tamia, had the same thing happen. Same exact thing happen. Maybe I looked too young. Maybe I was too skinny. I don't know. But I couldn't possibly have belonged there. Okay, so I get it, and it's not right. Other journalists, this thing picked up steam because other journalists of color said, you know what? Let me tell my story now, hashtag me too, it has happened to me. And they started weighing in and look at the accounts. I saw you on the press line yesterday, the way it was set up was so typical of people of color press at the back. Yep, absolutely been there. Black journalist treatment, black press treatment as well, it's true. You remember what happened to me with Tamron Hall and Tracy Ellis Ross at D23, shaking my head. (laughs) Happens all the time, time. This is why I stopped doing carpets, shaking my head. Back of the line, you don't matter. This is how things run here, Mayor. We have to keep fighting the good fight, but 
I think it bears a reminder to people how exhausting that is. Yeah, I mean, and, and the idea that, you know, this is this is what I was trying to tell people. You see in King's last few years, he went away from this idea that we just need to have space at a lunch counter or a seat in front of the bus. And we need to start talking about what true equity looks like because the lunch counter wasn't the only place black people were being pushed to the back to. Bank loans, business loans, in the workplace, applying for jobs. And then of course, like we're talking about right now, black journalism, black press gets to the back of the story where they say, they, oh, we're out of time. Of course you are, because all the white people have asked their question and there's no space for our point of view. So I think if we're acknowledging the black point of view, then we're obligated. We are obligated to do something and say something about it. So I'm sorry for you and also all the other black journalists who suffer through this shenanigans that we call America's press. And and here's something else. I have a good friend who has an incredible organization, Real Times Media. This is a constant struggle to say, hey, look at us. And what's going on now is you have larger, largely white entities who are co-opting or saying, hey, get under our umbrella. Because they need black stories and they need black access, authentic access. And I wonder how you feel about that. I'll give you the last word, about, about a minute and a half left. Yeah, I mean, I tell people all the time, it is, it is, I, I'm not against working for organizations if you feel comfortable over there and you could be your whole self. But the idea that you can co-op what, what I bring to the table for your benefit and not my community's benefit makes me a sellout and I'm not worthy. I would, I would never do that. I see black people in politics all the time carrying the water of the parties and not taking care of our community, making it a hard thing to determine if representation is enough. And I would argue that it's not. If you're not representing the benefit of our communities or you're not bringing benefits back to our community, then you're just a face in a place and that's not enough. It never has been. And do it unapologetically, because I see other groups that I'm proud to see them do this. Stand up for their very being, their very essence. They should, and shouldn't we, Mayor? Absolutely, we must. I mean, we talk about our, our brothers and sisters of the Jewish community, LGBT crowd, how they stick together about issues that are important to them. It is it is absolutely true that we need to call out the world's comfortability with allowing people to be anti-black and stay and remain in spaces. We, we must stop that. We must stop that first for sure. Mayor, you are a joy, you are an educator, you are an illuminator, you make me happy. And I said it before, I'll say it again, you make me smarter. Tell people where they can find you, besides Enfield, besides City Hall in Enfield, North Carolina. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Mundell Robinson. I think that's a great place to start. It is. Appreciate you, Mayor. This is Indisputable. I'm Sharon Reed in for the great Dr. Rashad Ritchie. Thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to Indisputable, I'm your host, Dr. Rashad Richard. We got a lot happening today, but what do we do on this show? We tell the truth, you know why we tell the truth? Because the truth is simply indisputable. Rashad, great to be here, congratulations on the new show. And I gotta let everybody know that Rashad and I go way back. People still need healthcare, so I won't stop. People still need criminal justice systems reform throughout this country, so I won't stop, and you won't stop either.